Welcome to the Own Your Time podcast. This is the host, Kyle Marcotte, and today we have Travis Watts on the show. Travis Watts is a full-time passive investor. He has been investing in real estate since 2009 in multifamily, single-family, and vacation rentals. Travis is also the Director of Investor Relations at Ashcroft Capital. He has invested in over 28 syndications between 14 different firms. Travis now dedicates his time to educating others in the world of investing and has made it his mission to share passive investment strategies in order to help others achieve and maintain wealth in real estate. Welcome to the show, Travis. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Kyle. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. So let's get into your story. It seems like you have a more unique story than other people we've had on the podcast. So I'd love to just know how you got from where you were to where you are now in real estate. Yeah, it's been a crazy journey. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> dates back to high school, actually. Uh, I knew nothing about investing or real estate. My dad bought me a book. It was Rich Dad's Prophecy, not Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, and all that book really taught me anyhow. The only thing I took away was um, don't invest in the stock market because we're going to have a big meltdown. <laughs> so I read that book in maybe 2005, uh, 2006, possibly. Uh, so that, you know, that's all I could take from it. So I didn't. Uh, I did have some uh, stocks at the time. Some, they were actually mutual funds. So I just basically went into cash until I decided what I was going to do. Wasn't a lot of money, by the way. And then here comes the recession, right? 2008, nine, while I was sitting in cash, thankfully, um, I guess I can attribute that to the book. Uh, <laughs> nobody's got a fortune, you know, ball here, a crystal ball. But anyway, uh, it worked out in, in my case. Maybe it was just dumb luck. And so 2009 rolls around. Uh, I want to get in real estate. I want a home for myself. I've got a little bit of liquidity. The government's giving out $8,000 tax credits um, that you don't have to pay back uh, for first time home buyers. And the home I'm looking at, two, three years back, sold for about 165 grand. It was on the market for 95. So it was 95 minus eight, 20% down, yada, yada. I didn't have to put a lot of money into it. Uh, so that was my first property, two bed, one bath condo. Got in as an owner occupant, did some house hacking, rented the spare bedroom, kind of had a big light bulb moment when it was like, hey, I have a roommate who's paying my mortgage. So I'm living for free and I own a house. That's really sweet. Um, so I was about 20 years old at that point and just got more into fix and flips, vacation rentals, some buy and holds, uh, you know, buying homes for myself to live in, fix them up and sell them two years later. I did all these different hands-on strategies while working in the oil field, 14 hour days, 98 hours a week away from home. Most of the time ended up working in the middle East overseas. I was just gone a lot. It was a lot of work. It was a huge commitment. I didn't have the spare time that I needed to do that type of investing. So I burned out 2015, completely burned out. Um, had to find a way to be passive. I knew some people did it, I didn't know how. Uh, so I tripled down on my education in 2015. I read 52 books that year, I listened to podcasts, I found mentors, uh, did a lot of networking. So that's where I learned about private placements. Uh, syndications is kind of the layman's term for that. The idea being, bunch of investors getting together to buy larger property and the limited partners being me, the passive investor, being completely hands-off. So whether I had one deal or 30, just hands-off investing. So that led me to a point where I, I left the oil field to pursue work that was more meaningful to me. I started living on cash flow, not on my W-2 income that I had. 
worked for a brokerage firm, worked for a small syndication group. That led me to uh, work with Ashcroft Capital. Uh, what I do is investor relations. It's kind of an external investor relations. I just help teach people about the world of private placement investing and, and multifamily and, you know, the, the ins, the outs, the regulations, the pros, the cons. So that kind of brings us through today, I guess, full-time passive investor and director of investor relations. Wow. Well, I want to ask you one little sub question on your story, which is what are some of the reasons why you didn't want to invest in stocks? What were some of those big red flags for you? Yeah, well, the book, I honestly can't remember all the details in there as to why it was just, you know, if you've ever read Robert Kiyosaki, it's so just high level, right? It's just the big picture. There's no details in it. So I don't know about that. Why did I not want to moving forward, which in hindsight, I could have done that in 09. It would have worked out pretty well also, was just the volatility. The more I learned and have learned over the years, I mean, I just don't like the potential manipulation that can be had there. I don't like the idea that some guru gets on TV and says the sky is falling and then the market goes down 10%. I just, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. It gets detached from fundamentals and reality very quickly. And um, unless you're buying in a huge dip, which I do now, you know, if I see a 30, 40% decline, I'm, I'm a buyer. Other than that, I'm hands off with that. <laughs> so. That makes sense. Yeah, just a lack of control and, and a little bit of the it gets into the weeds at times and you don't really know if there's any grounds for real value. So I totally, totally understand that. So let's move into Ashcroft Capital. What is Ashcroft Capital? Who is involved in it? And how did you get in touch with them? Yeah, great question. So as I started making this transition in 2015, it was about my fourth, fifth, sixth deal, somewhere in that range. Uh, as a limited partner, a, a buddy of mine introduced me to Joe Fairless, co-founder of Ashcroft Capital. So Frank Rossler and Joe Fairless, they're a national multifamily syndication group. They're New York City, Manhattan based, but they do their deals out in Texas and Florida primarily. And it was interesting because I had just written down for the first time my defined criteria as an investor, like the type of asset I want to look for, the distribution frequency, all of my things that were important to me. And everything aligned on that list to what Ashcroft was offering. So it was like that first group that's like, holy cow, it's almost like I asked the universe for something and then boom, there it is. It was weird. So I just did one deal after the next, after the next. I've done you know nine or 10. So at the end of the day, I'm really just an investor with Ashcroft. And the reason I reached out to Joe to be a bigger part of this team is because I thought, okay, I had the freedom over my time at this point, right? Because I'm living on passive income. I don't have to work if I don't want to work. So what do I want to do? Well, I don't want to sit on the couch or retire on a golf course. <laughs> so I want to help people and educate people and what has helped me, the things that have made the biggest impact in my life. I want to share and explain that because I had a really hard time finding solid education around the space, specifically like mentors and people willing to spend their time with me, everyone would just try to sell me something. I have a course, I have a webinar, I have a book, fine, but I was really seeking a mentor. And so that's what I try to be as reasonably possible with my time. So I spend my time week to week on these 15 minute Q&A calls with folks, anywhere from 18 year olds to 70 year olds, accredited, non-accredited, and we just talk real estate. And so that that's what I do. I don't charge for that. That's just something I do, uh, both on the Ashcroft side and on a, on a personal side too. Wow, man, that's awesome. That's such a great, great thing to be doing. So as a passive investor, when you were getting introduced to Joe, how did you kind of vet him? What made you realize like, oh, wow, these deals are gonna make me money. Like, what do you look for as a passive investor? 
Yeah, the first few deals I did, I did with brand new sponsors. So they really didn't have the track record or the experience. And in hindsight, I, I wish I hadn't have made those investments. The deals turned out fine, but it was a lot of headache and a lot of hassle for everyone, including obviously the sponsor, not knowing what they're doing. So when I, when I found Joe, the, the first step was the criteria aligned of what I was looking for. Okay, cool, that checked that box. The second was getting along with the sponsor. And I just clicked with Joe. I think anyone who's spoken with Joe Fairless would probably say the same. He's a very personable guy. Um, so that worked well. I thought, man, I just seem like I'm instant friends with this guy. Uh, so that was nice. And then knowing that there's an actual team in place, right? I mean, there was, you know, a Joe and Frank and investor relations and acquisition and asset management. There's, there's lots of players in this, in this company. And what I really appreciated about them is monthly distributions, which is something I decided was going to be important for me since it's my income. I just like the frequency of monthly. I recognize a lot of people could care less, but for me, that mattered. And so they offered that. They were in the states I was looking to invest in. They were, you know, they, they do value add projects, fixing them up, making them better, bringing rents up to market. I'm all into that. Even if we're not talking real estate, I'm just into that idea. Like I'm going to buy this car at an auction for cheap that needs some work i'm going to fix it up and now it's worth more i love that concept i hate the idea of i'm going to buy a new car off the lot and lose 30 percent next day uh so it's just more of like it just aligned you know real well with me and yeah i mean they had the track record and experience and so that kind of led me to do more deals with them as i saw their reporting communication Nice. So it seems like the main thing here is criteria. So what kind of goes into defining one's criteria as far as an investment? It seems like there's a lot of different things that go into it. Could you give us kind of an overview of what that is? It can be overwhelming and it certainly takes some time. You know, for those listening, don't fool yourself. A syndication or a private placement could be anything. I mean, that could be, you know, self-storage and mobile home parks and office retail, multifamily, new development, you know, all this stuff. So at the end of the day, so much about reflecting inward and understanding yourself and your goals and your why, what are you trying to accomplish? And by the way, passive investing isn't for everyone. For those that have, you know, big networks or, or potentially want to do this full-time active hands-on, have the connections, enjoy dealing in the business of real estate, this may or may not even be a, a good approach for you. But for me, I was the type of person too busy. It was taking too much of my time. Uh, I, I wasn't that good at it, quite frankly. I mean, I was, I was going through the motions of like a fix and flip without having any experience. So obviously I'm making mistakes. I'm overpaying contractors, having to do things twice. It was just a mess. So come to find when I joined this industry, it's a lot that the people who invest passively like I do, whether it's part-time or full-time are, you know, doctors, dentists, lawyers, attorneys, business owners, professional athletes. They're, they're folks that have a high income but, and they don't want to take their eye off the ball, right? They just want to park the excess capital they're not using to make more money, right? And maybe not everyone wants to put 100% in the stock market. So this could be a great opportunity for those folks. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it looks like number one would be really understanding what asset type and then doing a lot of inward looking and seeing your own kind of goals and where everything matches up. So that's a really, really, really um, 
good way to look at it. You did a lot of more like soft metrics, which I really appreciate. I think that people don't uh, talk about that enough. They talk more about like, oh, what are their assumptions on exit cap? What are their rent growth assumptions? What are their vacancy assumptions? It's like, mm-hmm. all that is really good. But like you said, like your number two point was get it. You got to get along with the guy. And it is a lot about a, it's people business. And I, I think that that's awesome. So is there any particular reason why you focus more on like some subjective or soft metrics rather than any hard um, objective things? I had a deal I invested in early on. It was in Georgia. It was a value add play. And I come to find, I (laughs) really didn't like the sponsor. We just, we didn't click. It was poor communication. I'd leave a voicemail. I wouldn't get an answer back. Just, just very, very frustrating. And that deal made a substantial amount of money. And I left angry. I thought, I'm never working with you again, period. I don't care. And you know, and you saw that too. And like the the Michael Burry, for those that watch like the big short and whatnot, he, you know, he's a hedge fund manager. He's got these investors. He made them millions and millions of dollars and he lost like half his investors because they got so angry with the process he used to go through, you know, shorting the market during 08, 09, that they didn't care about the money. At the end of the day, it was the relationship. And it's like, you're the type of person I don't want to deal with. So to me, that's why it's so important. That's an extreme case. Yeah, that's a great point that no one ever thinks about. I honestly don't think about enough either. So that's awesome. I appreciate that insight. Let's move on to your passion of educating others. It seems that that's been a major theme so far as, you know, you have the opportunity to, you know, do what everyone says you want to do, which is go and lay on the beach or on the couch and do nothing. But you've taken the opportunity to come back and serve um, the world in the way that you want to. And that's awesome. So I'd love to just talk about what is that fire? Why, why not just lay on the couch? Why are you deciding to go out and help other people? Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing that was important to my wife and I is we're avid travelers. So we're, we're world travelers and that's a huge passion of ours. And we get to do that stuff. But honestly, I don't want to travel the world 24 seven, 365. I just don't want to do it. It's too much. It's a lot of work just to do it. It stops being a vacation and it starts being just a headache. And so it's kind of that work life balance, right? So we'll go take a trip for a week or two or whatever. We'll come home, we'll rest. And then, you know, then we're back to whatever business as usual, if you will, until we're starting to kind of feel that itch again. And so we got to get out of here and take a trip. It's been crazy in this lockdown too, because, you know, normally we would have taken two or three trips by now. Anyway, so, you know, where it comes from is, like I said earlier, I've found something that's genuinely helped me. It's helped my family, it's helped my wife. I'm, I'm an advocate for passive income investing in general. I think so many people just think of investing as buy low, sell high. That's how it works. End of story, fix and flip a house, buy a stock at 10 and sell it at 20. But there's so much more to your life and your time when it comes to passive income. It can literally free up your time to where you can do anything you want to do on your own terms over time if you're willing to put in the, the effort. So that's kind of my passion is, is showing people how that works, how it's worked in my own story and how that might pertain to them. Yeah, so that sounds amazing, man. Traveling all the time. Why doesn't everyone do this? What's the biggest stumbling block to getting started and having a lifestyle like you have? I think number one is there's not a lot of education in this space specifically around passive income and passive investing. Like I said, you can buy endless amounts of courses and seminars and books and this and that on, on the buy low, sell high thing, right? Get rich quick, whatever it is, invest in cryptos. I, I just, endless messages, man. I get 10 messages a day on my social media about, you know, have you heard of Forex? Have you heard of Bitcoin? It's like, oh my God, stop. So number one is the lack of education in the space around the subject. Number two is that, you know, it does take a substantial amount of income 
uh, to invest, uh, I should say capital, not income, to invest to where the numbers start making a difference in your life. A lot of people ask me, would you have started as a passive investor day one? No, because I didn't have enough capital put to work at say eight, nine, 10% a year, whatever it may be, to where that would have impacted my life. You know, so what if I could cover my cell phone bill with passive income? It wouldn't have motivated me to keep going. I focus first on, on building up capital and saving money and big advocate of like the fire movement. I used a lot of strategy from that, uh, not even knowing what that was, by the way, that was more from my parents just being frugal. But I just, I saved a ton. I mean, I had a savings rate of over 50% of my take home. So as I'm building that and I'm doing active real estate and, and all this stuff and combining it, I had enough to put to work finally to where the passive income actually replaced my W-2 income. And that was like my turning point. That was my breakthrough moment to realize how powerful this can be at that scale. Yeah, the willingness to save, man, the FIRE movement, which is uh, financial independence, retire early. Am I correct on that? Correct. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I didn't define that. No, yet. no. I was just making sure that I was right too. So that's, that's, uh, that is a great movement. And you said you're saving about 50% of your income, which is just absolutely nuts. I think a lot of people struggle to save even 10%. So that's probably step number one. It's a, it's a simple step, but it's super powerful, as you've said, because capital, it does take capital to be a passive investor. You have to develop the active skill if you want to get into it with no money. So yeah, being just being frugal. I mean, it's not even, it's people always want the, the pill, like you said, like your YouTube feed, but it really is just a simple, you know, be frugal, save some money, and then your life will be a lot better. It's just a couple of years of, of some pain. So that's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing the real, um, the real benefits and the real truth there. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's get into this, this question that I ask every guest, which is, what is some advice that you would give a 20-something who is starting in real estate or business? I would say start with the education first. I think too many people just try to jump into things like I did and, and just try it. And thankfully, in terms of real estate, that worked out. But you know, in 2009, I was jumping into a lot more stuff than real estate. I was jumping into trying to operate all these little businesses and I was renting out and leasing audio equipment for bands and I was doing all this crazy stuff. Well, like nine out of 10 of those little businesses failed. And because I didn't stop to think, hold on a second, let me find a mentor or a coach or let me read a book on the subject and see what, what to do and not to do. Instead, I just dove right into it. And again, fortunately, time-wise market cycle, it worked out for real estate, but that's not a good approach. So uh, to, to my 18, 19, 20-year-old self, um, self-education, man, it doesn't stop in school. In fact, I feel like in many ways it started after school for me. Yes, I love that. That's the best point ever, especially coming, you know, college dropout right here. So I'm definitely <laughs> a big fan of that point for sure. Uh, so where can people reach you, Travis, if they want to get a hold of you and maybe talk to you a little bit more? Yeah, so I've created a, a landing page that's kind of twofold. So like I alluded to earlier, I do these 15 minute calls week to week. We'll talk about anything and everything. Um, it's uh, ashcroftcapital.com forward slash connect with Travis. You can set up a time there. Also on that same page is a download to the PDF guide, understanding real estate private placements, how to vet operators and markets, common industry terminology. It's a 20 page free PDF. So check them both out. I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook at Passive Investor Tips. I'm on uh, just every social media platform except probably TikTok and whatever new ones I don't know about. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and we'll put all those links in the description below if you're interested, so feel free to click those. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You've been a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate you. You bet. Thanks for having me, Kyle.